Welcome back to Till Death Do Us podcast, all things marriage, murder, with the Murrays. I'm Michelle Murray. And I'm Matt Murray. And we're here to tell you today about another gruesome murder. Um, But first, I wanted to introduce us because I realized that last week um, we didn't really say anything about ourselves because I just kind of thought that the only person that would listen to this would be my mom <laughs> and I was wrong <laughs> yeah it turns out like a hundred of you guys listen to us which uh, is insane yeah which is super cool uh really like totally blown away by the support and uh you know please keep listening and like let us know how we're doing or whatever. We'd love the feedback and like just again, thank you so much for taking time thank out of your day. So, to so awesome. It's crazy. But so for anyone who is not a personal friend or family member, um, my name is Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband is Matthew. That's me. And we have been together for five years, married for three. Um, I have a very descriptive description of myself <laughs> yeah, you have a descriptive description yes yes wow. i would like to say that i am a coffee drinking mm-hmm. target loving oh wow black legging wearing whoa true crime obsessed we're getting there mom of two wow that's pretty good that's a really well orchestrated description of yourself i might have thought about it a lot yeah and i am very basic and like i have no shame that all of those are basic, and that's just me, and, you know. That's just who you are. That's fine. Take it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I mean, I did. Till death do us part, right? So who are you? I'm Matt. Uh, I like video games and steak and cheese subs. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know. I like podcasts and video games and comic books and all things nerdy, uh, and I enjoy... A good funk. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the groove. Yeah. That's what gets me moving. He's obviously also a dad of two. I am am a dad of two. <laughs> then, which is, you know, it's my day-to-day life. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. Yeah. yeah. So. Welcome to our home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome in. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, what uh, what are we talking about today? Oh, just jump right in? Well, yeah, we gotta get there. I know. Have you been dying? I kind of have been. I've been trying to, like, figure out what it was. Like, I've been trying to peek at the notes. I've seen, like, one first name. I saw, like, a Robert, I think. That is not even true. It's not close? No. There's no R names? No. Well, then I didn't see anything, apparently. I thought I saw stuff, but I was trying to peek at the notes, and I have no idea what the fuck we're talking about Well, I appreciate that you left it a mystery. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the exciting part of the show. Yeah. So, again, I tried to pick one that I somehow had not heard in all of the podcasts that I listen to, mm-hmm. um, which is great because I love, you know, researching new things and really delving into, you know. The cases and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fun. So, I did read a book on it, um, Evidence of Love by John Bloom and oh, cool. Jim Atkinson, who are actually reporters on the case, and they... Um, you know, learned so much that they decided to write a book about it. Wow. And I also watched a movie from 1990. What was the movie? Called A Killing in a Small Town. Oh, boy. And if you love Lifetime movies, then this is the movie for you. Okay. Because it is so cheesy. Yeah. 
and just do you have you ever watched a lifetime movie i'm sure you do with like your mom i i haven't but like i understand through pop culture the they are movies in their own yeah like they they are another genre genre of movie yeah Yeah. it's it's a thing yep this should have been one of them okay i'm pretty sure it was a straight to tv movie as well so i guess that kind of it kind of straight to tv movies are all fairly similar yeah so we're going to talk today about um, the Wiley Axe murder. Whoa. Sounds crazy. It is. Okay. So Candy Montgomery was an outspoken, energetic, stay-at-home mom of two. She was said to be petite and of average beauty. Why, what is that face for? I don't know, because you're, you're a mom of two. You don't stay at home. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, no, you're I work active. a lot. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't really work a lot. That's a lie, but. You work your butt off. I enjoy working. Yeah. Anyways. Her husband, Pat, made a good living for them as an engineer for Texas Instruments. Remember those calculators? I do. Yeah, in, in high school. Yeah. It was like play, TI-83s. Play like Blockman on them. Oh, yeah. Those are the shit. Yeah, people play like Doom and shit on them now. It's crazy. Doom? Yeah. On a calculator? Yeah. Are they still a billion dollars? I mean, probably. And you probably don't even need them because your phone does it. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't even know if people in... Like Gavin? Does Gavin use... Is he going to use a uh, TI or whatever? In high school, I like don't... Like Texas Instruments? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a requirement in high school anymore. I just remember having to get it and being, like, real excited that I, bet I could there's play like Blockman on it. I bet there... Yeah, I know. I bet there's, like, an app or something. But are the, can the kids have their phones in school? I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. Oh, man. Yeah. Are we old? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so, he was an engineer uh, for Texas Instruments... Candy was very involved in the Lucas Methodist Church. That is where she met Alan and Betty Gore. Betty was a quiet, reserved school teacher turned stay-at-home mom of one. She was said to have a movie star smile. Her husband, Alan, provided for the family in the telecommunications field. Betty struggled deeply with postpartum depression that never quite got any better. She was not involved in the church the way Alan was. Okay. So we got to think postpartum depression in like the 70s. This guy was like deeply religious then. He was like very involved in his community. I mean, I think in the 70s that was just Just kind of what you did. Yeah, I guess that's true. But Betty didn't really partake in it because she was just kind of antisocial. She was very shy, very reserved. Um, I think it was just hard for her to leave the house and go do social stuff. When you're in depression that deep, it's it's tough. Yeah, you just kind of, yeah, you do. You end up kind of in a hole. So I don't, I just think that that was why she wasn't involved, but he would go and he would bring their daughter and enjoy it. Yeah. I guess it's weird to think about those kinds of times because like we're not particularly religious. It's not like it was back in the 70s. Yeah. Not even close. It's like very normal to do that in the 70s. Yeah. Like your church was like your communal center. Right. And so, I mean, I guess I didn't say where this was, but Wiley is in Texas. Okay. So you got to think of Texas in the 70s, like... They're all Bible thumpers. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're just, yep. if you weren't religious, you were weird. You like Jesus. Yeah. And boots. <laughs> Those go together? <laughs> Jesus yeah, and I boots? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, well, in, I think in so. Texas? In Texas, right? In Wiley, Texas? I really like Jesus, boots, and horses. <laughs> <laughs> all at the same time. All at the same time. When I picture Jesus, he's a 750-pound <laughs> stallion. <laughs> <laughs> With a mane that blows in the wind. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so Candy decided shortly before her 29th birthday that she was bored. She was done being a housewife. Um, she was just over it. She needed some excitement in her life. And she decided she wanted to have an affair. Oh, boy. Didn't really matter who. She just decided, told her friends, she was like, I'm, I'm going to have an affair. Like, this is, I'm set on it. This is it. So she targeted Alan. And one day... It's a weird just, thing to, like, announce to your friends. Yeah. Just, I'm going to have an affair. Especially yeah. when you don't even have anybody in mind. Yeah. But I chose this one, actually. Rewind. Because last week I taught you the phrase stepping out. Oh, right. And so this lady was marriage. stepping so out. So this lady decided she was going to step out okay. on her marriage. I got gotcha. you. All right. <laughs> uh, so one day she just um, jumped in Alan's car and was like, I need you to know that I've been thinking about you a lot. And if you're interested, I want to have an affair. And then she just got out of the car. Very weird. <laughs> so a couple of days later, he called her. And said, you know, well, like, let's talk about this some more. Why don't we meet for lunch and discuss it? And they actually discussed it for, like, weeks. Like, it, they, they didn't just be like, yeah, okay, I'm attracted to you. You're attracted to me. Like, let's have an affair. Uh -huh. They talked about it for weeks. They She actually made, like, a pros and cons list, a, wh <laughs> a why and why not. Um, and then, like a slideshow presentation. <laughs> some PowerPoint. Yeah. Uh, eventually... She said, you know, if, if we don't do it soon, like, there's no way that you're ever going to live up to my expectation that I have now. Because we've been talking about this for so long. Yeah, wow. That's very odd. So, finally, they did have an affair. They met every other weekend, or every other week on his lunch break, once a week, at the Como Hotel. Or motel. It was pretty sleazy. Okay. She would pack them lunch, and they had two hours to spend together. And sometimes they just sat and ate lunch they didn't um, even do anything yeah so it, it they they were really having an emotional affair but didn't want to admit that that's what it was uh -huh. and kept saying to each other that it was just a physical affair but then it it totally was not it that turned it yeah it definitely turned into more so shortly a couple months into the affair betty alan's wife actually got pregnant and when she was close to giving birth Alan went back to Candy and he said, listen, I need to focus on my wife and my my daughter that's about to be born. Oh, I don't think he knew it was a daughter because it was the 70s and they didn't have ultrasounds. But right. But like the, my kid that's yeah. going to be born. <laughs> he he was like, I need to focus on, you know, my current daughter, you know, yeah, hey, we, we the gotta, new baby. Like, and, we got to cut ties. Yeah. Like and, we, this can't keep happening. Exactly. Yeah. And she convinced him to meet one more time. And she told him that she was in love with him. And he was like, that was not part of the deal. Right. But. I mean, for what it's worth, it seemed like, like usually when you become emotionally dependent on somebody, mm -hmm. that ends up happening, right? Like, whereas yeah. this was supposed to be like this anyone, other affair. Anyone that thinks it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just like, you're asking for trouble. Like, yeah. they, like they, they did, like, arguably they did a worse thing than just having like a physical mm -hmm. affair. Because it became emotional. Yeah. And because they had connections, you know, it wasn't just somebody that they randomly knew. I mean, Betty and Candy knew each other, and their daughters were actually friends. And right, you know, it was it it was their lives. More their lives were intertwined. intertwined yeah. yeah, which an affair, anyways, is just dumb. Yeah, but no, then, it's a terrible like, idea. But then, like worse. now, you're like, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. 
So she decided to, or she convinced him to meet one last time. Mm -hmm. And they did, and they decided that they were just going to take a break. So Betty gives birth to the baby. And I'm not going to say any of the children's names because I mean, like, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, they're still, they're still around. They're still older. They're just, yeah. The, yeah. They I are. wouldn't want to name any names yeah. for them. So, um, Betty had the baby and fell, you know, back into postpartum depression, very, very hard. So Alan and Betty decided to do the Methodist marriage encounter. What the hell is that? <laughs> Like so, a weekend getaway? It is. Oh my so god. So it's a thing that this church <laughs> it's a thing that, that the Lucas uh Methodist Church does for married couples. It's and it's a total immersion experience. The spouses look in each other in the eyes. So that's literally one of it. <laughs> Let me describe the place that they go to though. So they go to Dumphy's Royal Motor Coach Inn. <laughs> Hold on, it gets better. A fake medieval castle full of tunnels and turrets and gables and the regal purples and scarlets of an adult Disneyland. I was picturing like this like serene getaway where like you... It's a fake castle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, that so. sounds like something that, like, I would totally want to do, right? Like, like, Yeah, you want to go to Marriage Encounters? No, I don't want to go to Marriage Encounters, but I want to go to, like, Bodeborg. Like, that shit sounds yeah. dope. Like, they're going to, like, run through, like, a fucking gauntlet and shit. Like, I feel like Bodeborg, anyways, is very helpful to your marriage. Like, you need to get through some serious shit together. we got to solve some problems. we got to yeah. stay level-headed. Yep. And you fucking do it together. Yeah, don't get caught by the cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was so good for our marriage. Any couples out there, go to Bodeborg. These people go to fucking medieval times to figure out their marriage problem. So what it was, the the total immersion experience is there's multiple couples there, and it's actually put on by other couples that have been encountered. And what they do is, you know, they'll all meet in a dinner. You know, they'll have dinner, and they'll meet in a hall. And the person running it will have a question. And the first question will be, why did you come here and what did you hope to get from it? Okay. And what the couples then need to do is they need to go back to their room and they spend 90 minutes writing out why they came and, and Se- why. Separately or together? Separately. Okay. So they spend 90 minutes separately writing out why they came and what they hope to get from it. And then 90 minutes together discussing it and reading each other's own like notebooks. Wow. And then they go back, they get another question, they have to go back. All in a castle. Yeah. Yeah. It's super necessary. So I'm, I'm, sure, like. I'm sure the questions get like very deep and, you know, they in the book they talked about how much Alan and Betty got into their feelings and mm-hmm. and they actually, you know, said it was a very positive experience. Sure. I mean, as much as I'm making fun of it, I'm sure it was for somebody like that where they're like, they feel like it's, they're... They're in trouble. It's like uh, hyper-counseling. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't go once a week. You just do it all in this one weekend. Yeah. It's like fucking couples retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Alan and Betty came home from that, and ironically, Candy was the one watching their baby. So, Alan and Betty went to Candy's house to pick up the baby. Okay. They went home, 
Alan called Candy a couple days later and said he was, you know, completely done with the affair. Like, it had been a couple of months. Mm -hmm. You know, they had put it on hold. But, you know, he came back from the marriage encounter very, very happy. He was done. He was no more. Yeah, totally out. Candy was not happy with that. But decided, you know, you know, we said I, that we would respect each other's wishes. So I have a feeling that that's not going to continue. <laughs> so she, Where, where's her husband in this whole thing? Like, is he just he's just there? Well, I mean, he. They, I mean, like Candy he has and no, Alan, Candy and Alan are, are doing the only, it all. No, I know they're the only two people that are really intertwined. Right, like in Betty this. doesn't know. Yeah, right. But actually, um, the next line of my notes oh, right boy. here. Yeah. Say that Pat actually found the love notes from Alan to oh. Candy. And then they decided to do Marriage Encounter. Because why not? Everyone else is doing it. Everybody that. went to the castle. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's that's the affair in a nutshell. Okay. They finally ended it. Everybody ends up at a castle. It's been a couple of months. You know, all good. The love castle will fix all your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're on Friday, June 13th, 1980. Okay. It's the last day of vacation Bible school. The kids are all putting on a puppet show for the adults to, you know, conclude the week. Did you ever do vacation Bible school as a kid? I did not. I did it all the time. Did you really? I did. I didn't actually get into, like, so I went to uh, these two things called CLI and Climb Mm -hmm. for, like, two weekends. Uh that I did at like a church as like a teenager, but yeah. never as a kid. Yeah, there was like themes, and I just remember one one time that was like safari theme, and the whole like chapel was decorated in these like giant cardboard safari animals. I don't remember any of the religious <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. It was just all about the. I just well, that's remember a, that's the, the thing is like animals. I don't know, like I don't remember any of the religious shit that I went to when I went to that thing. I just remember yeah. all the people that I met and like how right. we. I mean. For teenagers that weren't drinking at, like, a Christian camp, we, yeah. we partied with each other pretty hard. It was great. Yeah. 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 Vacation Bible school. I really liked it. <laughs> so, they were, um, you know, they were putting on a puppet show for the parents. And Candy, you know, like I said before, she was very involved in the church. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she was there in the morning prepping the kids and helping out and doing all that stuff, costumes and yeah. everything that they needed. And she realized that it was close to Father's Day and that she needed to go get um, a Father's Day card, you know, for her husband. So her daughter and Alyssa, oh shit, I said I wasn't going to do any names, but her daughter. Way to go. (laughs) Damn it. Her daughter and Betty's daughter um, were begging for a sleepover. So she decided that she was going to go over and ask Betty if her daughter could sleep over, you know, while she was on the way to go get these Father's Day cards at Target. So, you know, she asked the other parents there if she could, you know, go out and do that. And they were like, yeah, sure. Like, we'll be fine. See you back for the puppet show. So she went out to Betty's house Mm -hmm. and was going to get her daughter's, or Betty's daughter's bathing suit because Candy was going to have to take her to her swimming lessons. Okay. So she knocked on the door. Betty answered it. Um, and the baby was taking a nap. And she got the bathing suit. She got some peppermints because Betty said that her daughter won't put her head underwater if she doesn't eat peppermints. 
That was like her treat. Oh, okay. So if she put her head underwater for the swimming lesson. It's very weird. So everything I mean, right. was good and, and Candy was ready to go. And then supposedly Betty confronted her about the affair with Alan. So somehow Betty found out about the affair and confronted Candy about it. Oh boy. I have a feeling things are about to go south. It does. Okay. So a fight ensued and no one really knows what happened. Candy says that Betty attacked her with a three foot axe. Holy shit. And Candy From where? Uh like do they, they she just had it? Like she just fucking went, so went think, and got it? So they have like a utility room. And that's where the washer and dryer was, and I believe the bathing suit was in there. So, so I think she yeah, grabbed it from there. I think it was like in there. All in one place. Yeah. Okay. So Candy says that Betty attacked her. And Candy does actually end up having a gash on her foot. But Betty is left with forty one axe wounds, twenty eight of which are to her face and head. Holy shit. And she passes away in the utility room. That's the second face stabbing but this one's oh, an axe sorry. yeah in a row that is they said 40, that ha- how many they 41 holy shit they said that the right side of her face was gone how do you even i mean that's just like you uh, four, 41 axe chops is a lot mm-hmm. that, that is brutal extremely brutal holy shit so candy ran upstairs fully clothed jumped in the shower at Betty's house, and then left. So left Betty dead on the floor, and the baby awake, screaming in her bedroom. Oh my god! Which I think, to me as a parent, is harder than hearing someone being murdered with an axe. That you just leave this the, a baby. The baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Both are terrible. I mean, the the murder probably is worse. I don't know. The axe baby. murder. I mean, yeah. Somebody's going to hear the baby eventually. But they don't. That. Oh. Well, they do. Oh, okay. But it's a long time. Like, what's a long time? It's a long time. Yeah, but, like, that lady's face is dead for. She's dead forever. But that baby. <laughs> I know. And listen, I'm not <laughs> saying that, like, I don't feel for the baby. Fucking half of this lady's face yeah. was gone. Like, totally gone. That's crazy. Mm. That's awful. Mm-hmm. So Candy left, went home, said to herself, and actually told somebody that she said this to herself, that she was glad that her shirt was burgundy colored. Because she didn't get any of the yeah. Yeah, blood stains. So she um, soaked it a little bit, threw it in the dryer, you know, hopped in the shower herself, grabbed a pair of jeans that matched the same color took off the sandals that she had had on, put on some tennis shoes. You know, her shirt was dried, threw that back on, and went back to the church. Holy shit. As if nothing had had happened. Yeah. So she wrapped her, she had the cut on her foot, she wrapped that up. And she had a little cut on her head that she was able to cover with her hair and just continuously wipe away. Mm-hmm. So, like, her wounds are very, very, very minimal yeah there's like for nothing. someone who is claiming to have been in like a originally attacked by with, an axe. with an axe yeah yeah so i always i was always curious how somebody could do that right where like she like literally not only just like ended somebody's life mm-hmm. but like in a 
an extremely violent way. Mm-hmm. And then... Just went uh, on with our life. Yeah, but, like, is it that... Do you think it's that, like, you're so... Like, you're so in shock that your brain doesn't even process it? And so, like... Or, or do you think that she's thinking about it the whole time? Like, do you think that she goes to church and well, every person she talks to? I think that the defense would say she's so in shock. I think that the prosecutors would say that... Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it really... You, you, unless... You're that person. You're that person. You have no idea. Yeah. I just, I just... I can't imagine... And none of us can know how we would process shock like that. No, I know. But, like, I just... I can't imagine... I mean, A, I can't imagine ever murdering somebody else, right? But, like, I can't imagine after having done something like that, your conscience being okay enough and, like, yourself being okay enough to go, like, interact with another human being. Which is, I mean, that's, like, a facet of all serial killers and, like, they just, it's always, like, the dude next door was totally fine until we Mm -hmm. figured out he was a fucking serial murderer. Right. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. That That's actually, like, the hardest part of any of these kind of things to process for me is like how they lead these lives and like are completely normal. I think that's more scary to me than someone who is like a serial killer that had that horrible upbringing that, right. you know, had that distraught childhood. Right. And, it, it, and, and you can see that, but you see that happening, right. That they're going to turn into a horrible adult. Right. But then there's persons like Candy that was totally normal right. and totally fine, and everyone loved her. And the like switch, this, this I think that's scarier. Crime passion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's scarier for me. Yeah, no, it is. There's a, there's some weird switch that happens. Yeah, yeah. Which again is the second time in a row we've dealt with this weird, like totally normal upbringing, right. and then like snapped. Right. So Alan called um, his house around four o'clock from the airport because he was actually on his way. To a business trip in Minnesota, he mm-hmm. had to deal with the 3M Corporation, you know, post-it, yep. post-it people. Yep. So he wasn't home, which Candy did not know. So Alan couldn't get a hold of Betty for a very, very long time. And, you know, he called his friend Richard. And he, Richard Parker actually lived a couple of houses down. He was the man who sold Alan and Betty their house. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, can you just go check on Betty? I'm a little concerned. She's not answering the phone. So he went over and he was like, oh, like the garage light is on and, you know, the door's open. I'm sure she just went out. It's fine. And Alan tried to play it off and be like, yeah, okay, like, sure, sure, it's fine. Right. So, meanwhile, Candy had taken her daughter and son and um, Betty's and Alan's daughter to go see Star Wars that had just released that night. Oh, boy. I don't... Which one came out in 1980? Uh, Good question. I think it was probably Empire, but I don't remember the years. What kind of nerd are you? I know. I feel terrible right you now. You should. I feel like you should know this. Shut up. So... Um, Alan left it a little bit and decided he was going to call Richard again and, you know, asked if the car was in the garage. Mm-hmm. So Richard said, yeah, 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 the car's there. I'm sure it's fine. It's going to be okay. Alan just was not comfortable with this. So he called Candy and, you know, asked her if she had seen Betty and, you know, Candy talked about how she had gone over there 
earlier that morning and how she had gotten Alyssa's bathing suit and peppermints and then you know Betty was sewing and you know she wanted to leave and she left Betty and Betty was fine uh Alan calls Richard again Mm -hmm. and finally he's like listen I really need you to go back over there and check everything out yep and Richard goes and sees that the car actually is still there and the that both cars are still there and that Betty should be home right so he decides that he's going to go get his realtor's keys and try and get in get the in. house. So Rich, uh, Alan calls the hospitals and then he decides to call Candy again. And Candy's like, I'll go over and check if you want me to. Oh, good. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. So then he calls his friend Jerry and he's he's just freaking everybody out. He's He's super stressed. He's in Minnesota now. He's like, where the hell is my wife? Yeah. What's going on? I mean, and at that time, like, you uh, they, you didn't have, like, these constant lines of communication. Right. Like, uh, when you couldn't reach somebody. Right. It was scary. Right. Richard had to, like, get the phone, run back over to their house, then run back over to the phone. The phone. Like, yep. yeah, yep. it was a it was a whole ordeal. Yep. So, Richard calls his friend Jerry, who's also a neighbor, and then Jerry is, is very scared and concerned, so he calls his friend Lester who's also a neighbor, and all three of them are at the house now. So Jerry, Lester, and Richard. Mm -hmm. And they actually notice that the front door's open. So they go into the front door, and they immediately hear the baby screaming. And they go and get the baby, and she is just covered in, um, you know, her own own excrements. She had been sitting in a diaper for 13 hours, screaming in her crib. Yep. And... See, that's heartbreaking. It is pretty heartbreaking now that you say it's 13 that's hours. Th- that's so heartbreaking. I yeah, can't but like the, mur- ma- the murder. I can't let our baby cry 13 minutes. I know. Well, yeah. You look at me sometimes with how quickly I pick him up. <laughs> but like the murder. I don't know. The baby is worse. Murder? Yeah. Baby. I know. But murder? <laughs> baby. I know. All right. Fair <laughs> it, it is. They're both absolutely horrible. Uh, I'm not sure which one ended up opening the utility door. I, I believe they all ended up peeking in. None of them could go in, mm-hmm. but they saw Betty on the floor and immediately called Alan and said something's wrong. It looks like Betty shot herself because oh. they didn't they didn't go in. They didn't want to see everything. They just saw blood everywhere right. and closed the door. Oh, man. So. Alan calls Candy, and he's under the impression that his wife's committed suicide. depression was so bad that she committed suicide. So yep. he tells Candy this, and um, Candy thinks she's fine. She thinks she's good. Just she's like, I now have I'm off the hook. Yeah. Yep. So Alan flies back, you know, picks up the daughter from Candy's house, gets his other baby, and you know, police are investigating the homicide. And Candy is getting a lot of phone calls from all the other parishioners, all the churchgoers. And she decides that what she needs to do is chop up the sandals she was wearing because she finds out that there is a shoe print that was found. So she takes um, hedge cutters and cuts up her sandals and throws them in the trash. Mm -hmm. So now they can't match her shoe prints. But obviously... You know, Alan told the police that Candy was the last person to see Betty. Right. Everyone told the police that Candy was the last person to see Betty. Immediate suspect. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Even if he currently thought that 
it was a suicide. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, eventually the police doubt it for a while because she's so petite and she's she's so quaint and nice and they didn't believe a, a woman like this could kill another woman with an axe right. 41 times. So did, so did they end up apprehending her or they're just like they questioning did. her? They did. So they did end up arresting her. And she immediately got a lawyer who was one of the another churchgoer. And he actually wasn't even like a a lawyer that would do law like this. He actually just did like civil law and he's he was like injury claims and stuff. Okay. So like he was totally out o- over of, his head. Yeah. yeah. Out, he out, out of his yeah. No idea what he was doing. But apparently did a really good job. Because on October twenty ninth, nineteen eighty at the Collin County Courthouse, Miss Montgomery was acquitted, having convinced a jury that she dealt 41 axe strikes in self-defense. Oh, my God. The jury only took three and a half hours to deliberate before finding her not guilty. Wow. That is like zero time. Mm-hmm. So what did she do to convince them that it was in self-defense? Like she just had a great story? I don't even think so much that it was her convincing them that it was self-defense. It was more the prosecutors not being able to convince that it wasn't self-defense. I see. Right. So they, yeah, beyond reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because I mean, it's... You, you, it's one word versus a dead lady's word. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's nobody around that even saw any interaction between the two. But still, it just blows my mind. Like self-defense, you still, why wouldn't you call? someone immediately right. yeah and say like she went after me with an axe well i mean again you're, i'm not trying to you know just playing devil's advocate right like the shock of what she did i i if that ever happened to me and it was like self-defense i would be so shocked i don't know if i would tell anybody either especially like if that yeah, ever but happened i don't think, I don't so think you would out. go like Clean yourself up and no, 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 I don't think so go either. back to your kid's puppet show at vacation Bible school. No, like, I don't think so either. I think that's absolutely fucking psycho. Or know enough a couple days later to cut up your sandals. Right. Well, yeah, because then you're acting like a suspect. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is that, like, if I was in an altercation with somebody and somehow it led to me, like, literally mashing their face in, there's probably a part of me that wouldn't immediately call somebody afterwards and be like, yo, I got into this fight. And, like, I literally murdered this person in, like, a relatively terrible way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that that would... I, I would have to process so instead it of, instead of calling the police and being, like, you know, this just happened, come help me, you would be like, Michelle, I need you to help me hide a body. Yes. <laughs> you would 100% be the first one. <laughs> but never really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I only look like a serial killer. Right? Yeah. You don't look like any of these people though. Yeah, good. It's all good. Just the one. Yeah, just just uh Michael Bear. Yeah. <laughs> so Alan somehow remarried less than three months after Betty's murder, which makes you think if Candy was really the only one that he was having an affair with. Right. And if that marriage encounter really worked. Uh, and Maybe he encountered a couple other marriages. <laughs> in 1998, he wanted to move his new wife and family to California, and he actually asked Betty's parents to take his daughters. 
What? Yeah. So That's awful. Like, You're just abandoning your family? Pretty much. Wow. So they have not talked with him for years, but sources say in some of the articles I read that they're currently friends on Facebook and may have mended their relationship. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Oh, I was also reading something in that article. This was actually put out by the daughters, and they were saying that their stepmother made them read the book about her murder, the one that I had read. Yeah. What? Which, it was very graphic. Why would you I do that? I can't. And she, like, told the daughters not to tell anybody. Why would you do that? She made them give, like, reports, made them write, like, reports on them. That's insane. Like, it was, very, it was very, very graphic. That's evil. Yeah. That is... Terrible. So I'm sure when he was like, can you have my daughters? They were probably They were ecstatic. like, let me go yeah. not with you, please. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And Candy uh, now goes by her maiden name, Candy Wheeler. She lives in Georgia. And she is a family therapist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, so she... She got acquitted. Yeah. Completely. She was found not guilty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. So she's just lived her life this whole time. That is... What? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then I think it's worth noting that the lawyer, Dan Crowder, actually committed suicide in 1999. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting. Hmm. Probably because you know you got an axe murderer uh, free. Wow. Yeah. And that is the Wiley axe murder. Wow. That is uh That was a tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, did not end how I thought it was going to end. I'm going to try and keep it, you know... Fresh every time. Yeah. Keep you guessing. Yeah. On your like, toes. I mean, last time I thought they were going to die. This time I definitely thought that lady was going to jail. I don't understand how she didn't go to jail. Yeah. That doesn't make it like. And well, everybody. I mean, like, it, the, you know what the thing that sucks is like it does make sense, right? Because like what? Well, I mean, did they gather any evidence? Like what What happened to the axe? I'm sorry. So they did. They did have evidence. So she had wiped the axe clean and they had one thumbprint on the freezer that matched hers. So they But just, like other than that, there's no evidence. Like, yeah, she took a shower, but there wasn't DNA evidence right, that early. Right. So there wasn't anything they could do with that. And I mean again, there was no witnesses. So there wasn't much. Right, and they, it's not like something that you could reopen. Right. But everyone their minds were blown. Like when she left the courthouse that day, you know, everyone was just yelling, murderer, murderer. Like she she had to move immediately because yeah, nobody, nobody in that town believed her. Yeah. Your whole community is against you at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, what, like, how do you carry that? I have no idea. Yeah. Wow. You turn into a therapist. I mean, I guess so. But, like, you've seen so much fucked up shit that you can, like, inform other people of mm-hmm. how to avoid fucked up shit. Well, good story. Thanks. That was solid. Thanks. I liked it for episode two. You want to be the first to do your toast this week? Uh, why don't you go first? Why? Well, do you have one pre-prepared? I do. Well, so go for it. All right. You're going to think about yours? Yeah. Okay. So my toast... I I actually have mine. (laughs) So my toast this week is um, probably people who are never going to hear this, but I would like to toast to the staff at Brigham and Women's Hospital. So I actually did get my surgery on Tuesday, albeit not with insurance. But that's another story. <laughs> um, but all of the staff, you know, my surgeon, my nurses, the attendants, like everyone at Brigham and Women's Hospital was so amazing. They made me feel so comfortable. 
Um, and it was really great to have them be a part of this life-changing surgery for me. And it was it was a great experience. Yeah, it's, that, it, yeah. Was, it was crazy. Uh, it was like a whirlwind. And I'm sure for you it was even more of a whirlwind. Yeah. Uh, my toast is related to that. Um, I want to toast you because that whole thing and this whole week has been probably absolutely insane for you like your change in diet the difference in like you you basically can't eat food right now like you're so i didn't say what my surgery is i actually got the gastric sleeve yeah so like watch out everybody because i'm gonna be so skinny (laughs) (laughs) it's it's crazy how well you've handled it and so um you know just for maintaining your sanity during all of this cheers to you lady no we're on day five yeah (laughs) We'll see. I won't murder anybody, but please, like, please whew. don't. Yeah, especially me. Please don't murder me. <laughs> or like the kids. The kids first. Then I mean, me. as long as you're fine, just letting me smell your food. Yeah, we'll no, it's fine. We'll you can sniff all the meat that I cook. <laughs> It'll be fine. Thanks. <laughs> Sip of water. You just scared the cats. I just scared the shit out of the cats. <laughs> well. Uh, thanks for listening. You know, we're, uh, we're live now on all the major podcast networks. Everything. Yeah. Spotify. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google play. Uh, we're on Apple podcasts. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. If you search till death do us podcast, you can go to the Facebook page and, uh, say what's up. We don't really know what that's kind of looking like yet. It is just kind of up in the air and going to be kind of a landing pad for us. For but it episodes. can always be suggestions. True. So you have, if you have suggestions on cases that you would like me to look into, I am all about that. Um, or if you just want to tell us, we're great. Yeah. I'm all about that, too. <laughs> but so uh, if you guys could like and subscribe, any of the stuff, it really helps us out. And uh, Please rate. Please rate, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Review. Uh, and come come talk to us on the Facebook group. Yeah. You, know, you guys are really cool. And again, we can't uh, thank you guys enough for all the support. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys are still listening and you'll listen next episode and for however many episodes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm Matt Murray. I'm Michelle Murray. And this is Till Death Do You Podcast. You didn't even say it right. Till Death Do Us Podcast. There you go. And hey, don't murder each other. Bye.